I know a family where one of the adult children had estranged himself, just left, would never speak to his parents or other siblings. Again, they were heartbroken, never knowing where he was, how he was. You know, there were sightings of him here and there. Friends would say, oh, we saw him here, or he was buying gas over here. But they lived their lives in the longing that he would return. They lived in hope. There are mothers every day who send their children out to play, knowing that gang gunfire could take their lives without warning and without reason, as it's done so many times already. They pray for protection, and in the midst of uncertainty and violence, they live in hope. This week, I knew a family that gathered at a hospital bedside where their elderly father was on a ventilator, seriously suffering from COVID. The doctor was reporting each day he was doing poorly and it was not looking well, but they needed to remove him from the ventilator so that they would see. I mean, it was the time of just reckoning to see if he could recover, if that was possible. The family lived in hope that when it happened, he would be able to breathe on his own. All around the world, all around us, there's just a desperation for hope for an answer that makes sense, for a reconciliation long overdue, for justice in the system, for a cure. The cry of the heart is for hope, a longing for things to be right, to be healed, to be restored, to be forgiven, to be set free, to be comforted, to be loved. In so many ways, the world is dark. And in so many ways, we carry darkness within ourselves. Today is the beginning of the Christian year. It's Advent, the time we long for the coming of Christ and his kingdom and all that it will mean for the undoing of wrong. Out there in the world, people are rushing to Christmas. There are bright lights. There's lighthearted music. There's warm, fuzzy feelings telling everyone, don't pay attention to all that that's going on. It's not that bad. But Advent begins in the dark. Advent knows that it is that bad. Our need is desperate, and we cannot save ourselves or manipulate our way out. Just when we thought we had control over this pandemic, a new threat emerges, and we wonder if it will ever stop. Our divisions widen. The rhetoric is harsher. People are digging in for a protracted war of ideas and perspectives, and the poor and oppressed are more so. Now, This isn't the way I'd like to start a sermon, especially at the start of a new year, but this is where we meet Advent and where it meets us, where we meet our longing for the life that we really desire and for which we wait in the dark. And in the dark, we light one candle. You know, that's an amazing act of resistance and defiance if you think about it. And what is that candle? What is it to know that the days are dark, yet light the match? That is hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. I know we tend to use the word that way. I hope you're doing well, or I hope to see you next week. It's not optimism. It's not thinking nice thoughts. Hope is a reality that's rooted somewhere. It's rooted deeply in the foundation of God's promises, That is, through the person and work of Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. That is Christian hope. 
and it's known in dark and challenging places. It's like stars that are, that are with us all the time, but are only visible at night. Hope is our companion in the dark, leading us forward and holding our longings. Advent allows us to see how bad things really are and our need, so that we will trust even more to the hope that God gives to us. In other words, it shines even more brightly the darker the surrounding is. Barbara Brown Taylor, in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, says the, dark is the darkness is the place of beginning. She says this, new life starts in the dark, whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. Hope is found where things are broken. When we're healed and everything's right with the world, we don't need hope anymore, do we? Hope comes to us when we see no other way. It's the good news of the resurrection and the coming kingdom of God, and it tells us in our darkest moments that will not always be this way. Hope is particularly present in communities that have known pain and suffering. I was thinking of uh, Esau Macaulay's book, Reading While Black, which we looked at a number of months ago together. And he says this about hope within the black church tradition. He says, it has a distinctive message of hope. It's not a thing of the past, he says. It's living and active, having the ability to provide a way forward for believers who continue to turn to the scriptures for guidance. Therefore, we must continue to read, write, interpret, and hope until the advent of the one who will answer all of our questions or render them redundant. Jeremiah is a prophet who never pulls his punches, does he? Most of his ministry, he's proclaiming things that no one wants to hear. And probably it's a message he didn't want to deliver either, this weeping prophet. It was hard and dark times. There was judgment on Israel's sins, war, exile, the destruction of Jerusalem, and the temple. No one was happy to see Jeremiah coming down the street. Yet God also speaks words of comfort through Jeremiah. He gives the word of hope. The days are coming when I will fulfill the good promise I made. The righteous branch from David's line, he will do what is right and just. There will be salvation. There will be safety. Hope hangs on every word of the promise from God. Someday, someday, someday. And this word is not empty. It's powerful and true. And our hearts respond when we hear it because it's what we long for. It's what God will do. And in that is true hope. We begin today with hope as we start this season of waiting. Next week, it will be a, a message on preparing. We're going to meet John the Baptist. In fact, we see him twice in this particular cycle of readings. I don't know why. Um, on the third Sunday of Advent, it's joy. And then on the fourth Sunday, we meet Mary. Today, a few things about hope that I'd like to share. First is that hope is promised. Hope is promised. The scriptures are a word of hope to us. They're God's word of hope. They share the great stories of those who have walked faithfully or not in other times. And we see how God has been faithful in the past and the promises of the faithfulness for the future. It calls us to tell our own stories, 
to bring hope into the places that so desperately need it in our own lives and the lives of others. Yet hope is not something we conjure up. It's not wishful thinking. It's not the power of positivism. We don't just pull up our boots and say, oh, now I can make hope happen in my heart. Hope is a word spoken. Specifically, the promise of God for a new creation. Hope is a gift to us. And it's something for us to receive and embrace. When I was a child, I really wanted a certain bike. Uh, And I think I wanted it for Christmas. It was a Schwinn Stingray with a banana seat and high handlebars. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A few, yeah, okay. A few of you know. I think I was seven or eight. Now, I wanted that bike, and I thought about it all the time. I had a picture of it I tore out of a catalog and kept with me. But it wasn't until my parents said that they would get it for me that I had hope. Before, it was just wishful thinking. My hope of getting the bike, which I did, by the way, was built on the promise they made, which I knew I could trust. Hope is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a conviction based on promises made. It's a gift to us. I wonder in this season if I can be open enough to embrace it, if you can. Can we say, yes, Lord, we agree with your promise? In Romans chapter 5, St. Paul is talking about the gift of salvation, a gift by grace through faith. And he says this, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope is a promise. Hope is a gift. Hope is also something that needs to be practiced. Like gratitude, it's it's a discipline, it's a choice that we make. We pray it, we proclaim it, we worship with it in our hearts. The psalmists are our example here. They tell it like it is. In other words, they they don't say, oh, everything is just fine. No, they let us know when things are wrong, but they also declare the goodness of God in the same breath. They rehearse God's promises and mighty acts. They help us to practice hope. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and you I have trusted all the day long from our psalm today. Or these words from Psalm 71. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. That's practicing In their book, Preaching Hope in Darkness, Scott Gibson and Karen Mason offer help to pastors who are responding to crisis. Now, in the case of the book, it's specifically suicide. But I think their insight applies to the practice of of hope against any dire situation. And they offer the example of worshiping together. And they say this, acts of worship, like giving thanks in word, expressing praise in song, praying to the Lord, listening to the preached word, encourages the deepening of faith bolstering believers to face the challenges of life with renewed strength. Worship engenders an appreciation of life and hope. Thoughtful, prayerful worship is the key to inspiring hope. It's like the other spiritual practices. It's like prayer, reading, solitude, contemplation, or generosity. From this website that um, 
shares Ignatian spirituality, they have a number of things that we could enter into during Advent to practice hope. Here they are as they list them. Sing the songs, ring the bells, put up decorations, tell the stories, give lots to all sorts of worthy charities. Open your home to those who need welcome. Pretend that each one of them is the baby Jesus born on the road and needing help. Use your creative gifts to write, bake, paint, act. Make quilts or sound financial plans. Go to church. Go to the neighborhood hangout or the family party. Pay attention to the kids. Welcome their very selves. Don't leave pets out in the snow. Don't give up prayer because life feels raw and scary. Don't hurry through Advent because you're not terribly good at living it. Just let it live in the real life you have. Don't forget that God loves you. Don't forget that God loves everyone else, too. We can choose hope, and we can practice it. Also, hope is shared in community. You know, there there is such a thing as private hope, those things that we hold privately in our hearts, but mostly we share and we hold hope within community with others. We're gifts to one another. Paul describes this in a couple places, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And, you know, he says, encourage one another. It's our privilege to do that. It's our responsibility to encourage each other. And we have a, a glimpse of that in the Thessalonians reading today. You've probably by now received an Advent booklet from us. I hope you did uh, in the mail if you're on our, on our list. Based on the writings of the late Henri Nouwen, it's called The Fullness of Time. And if you didn't receive one, we have a few here uh, before you leave today, please take one. It's our guide for the journey together during this season. And Henri reminds us that our life, our hope, is held and shared in community. He says this, Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us and take it seriously so that it can grow stronger and become stronger in us. In this way, we can live with courage trusting that there is a spiritual power in us when we're together that allows us to live in this world without surrendering to the powerful forces constantly seducing us toward despair. That is how we dare to say that God is a God of love, even when we see hatred all around us. That is why we can claim that God is a God of life, even when we see death and destruction and agony all around us. We say it together. We affirm it in each other waiting together, nurturing what has already begun, expecting its fulfillment. Now, we can know hope because we are witnesses to each other. Our testimonies of lived experience and the faithfulness of God are gifts to others who are facing the same challenges or heartache or despair or brokenness, whatever it is. You can kind of take your pick. Loneliness, cancer, Loss of faith of those around you, or maybe even your own. Death of those who are close to us. Circumstances that don't make sense. Betrayal, cynicism, anger over injustice. There will be someone in the community that has held hope in the area that we need, who has walked it and can share that with us, or that we can share with others. You know, this is particularly true in a community like ours that spans several generations, where we have uh, wisdom and experience alongside passion and energy. 
and they belong together. We enter Advent in the dark, daring to trust in the light, and we do so together. Not as scattered wanderers, but as communal pilgrims, believing in the promise of God for what is just and right, whether we see it in our own day or long for it on behalf of others who will follow us. Now, I've had several readings already this morning, and uh, I want to finish with a reading from Joan Chittister about hope. It's from her book, Scarred by Struggle, Transformed by Hope. And I think it it picks up some of these strands and, and puts them together for us. Hope is not some kind of delusional optimism to be resorted to simply because we cannot face the hard facts that threaten to swamp our hearts. People do die and leave us. Friends do leave and desert us. Businesses do crumble and destroy us financially. Loves do dry up and disappear. Desires do come to dust. Careers do come to ruin. Disease does debilitate. Evil does exist, but through it all, hope remains nevertheless a choice. Hope rides on the decision either to believe that God stands on this dark road waiting to walk with us toward the new light, or to despair of the fact that God is faithful, is eternally faithful, and will sustain us in our darkness one more time. We can begin to build a new life when death comes. We can reach out to make friends with others rather than curl up, hurt and angry, waiting for someone to come to us. We can allow ourselves to love again, knowing now that love is a prize that comes in many shapes and forms. We can allow ourselves to cultivate new joys, new interests, We can take the experiences of the past and use them to mine a new life load. We can give ourselves over to resisting what must be resisted, whether we ever live to see it expelled or not. We can let go of a finished present so that what is about to happen in the future can begin. We can decide to go through life with open hands rather than to trap ourselves inside a heart closed to everything but the past. Today, brothers and sisters, we enter this new season. Let us light the first candle. Let us wait. Let us hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.